but this is Duca on the move for Montreal. Billy Duca, let's see what he does. A left foot shot, that's in! Billy Duca beat his man, and the Rutgers product makes it 1-0 Montreal. This is Off the Woodworks with Kevin Laramie, the longest-running podcast entirely dedicated to the Montreal Impact. It's wide open now, Malice, plenty of room. As Pachuca have five players lined up across the back. An opportunity! It's Good day, good night, and welcome to a post-game edition of Off to Woodworks Live from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where on June 24th, 2015, the latest installment of the 401 Derby between the Montreal Impact and Toronto on the road this time at BMO Field, the place where the Montreal Impact had never had a victory, well, never left with three points before, well... Tonight wasn't the night either. They're leaving with not three points. They're leaving with three goals conceded, one goal scored, another loss on the road. Yeah, they had won a couple of weeks ago, and everybody thought it was going to change everything. Apparently, it didn't, and the Montreal Impact lost again on the road. On the show today, post-game comments from the coach Frank Klopas. Post-game comments as well from the captain, Patrice Bernier, and from the goalkeeper, Evan Bush, which... Listen carefully to two things you'll listen to the show. To, well, more than two things. Listen carefully to everything that I'm saying, obviously. Obviously. But more importantly, listen carefully to Evan Bush's comments about how the team plays on the ball and what he sees when he's in the key in the net, especially in the second half. But like he mentioned, it was the same in the first half too. So listen to his comments. Frank Lopez, very interesting comment too. So we'll talk about that. First of all, 3-1 loss, 4-1 derby. On Saint-Jean-Baptiste Day, on the Quebec national holiday, you would have thought that everything was aligned to get a victory for the Montreal Impact, to maybe have that elusive, famous victory ever since BMO Field Open, ever since Montreal and Toronto played that 4-1 derby 12 times now at BMO Field. And never did the Impact get more than a draw from those games. They never got a victory at BMO Field, and again tonight, it slipped through the grass because the Impact scored the first goal, and what a goal it was. My man of the match for the Impact, the player that probably impressed me the most, dressed in white tonight, the best player for the Impact tonight, and by far, Amboazo Yongo. The right back? Who's been with the club for about a month and a half, close to two months now? Well... He's really good. He's, I see him. I really have, really, he's high in my books now. I've been watching him closely a couple of games, but he's finding his footing with the impact. And I think this game tonight might have been his best game with the club so far. Just the way he goes box to box, very fit. I would go on a limb saying he's one of the fittest players in the team. Young, fast, a good pace, a good Managing, management of that pace so he doesn't get burned too much at the end of a game. He's well positioned. He's well placed on the pitch when it comes time to either uh, p- 
support the attack and generate the attack and usually spark the attack and start the, the move forward with him on that right flanks or when he's caught defensively he's always does the right first move when you when either gets beat the, the way he recovers and position himself to limit the damages it really impressed me too in the first half uh, we Montreal took the lead, Oyongo scored the first goal, yes, but more than that, it was actually Oyongo at the 17th minute, let me just give you the actual goal, uh, scoring summary, first goal at the 19th minute, and for about 8 minutes, Montreal uh, kept the lead, but that game was never going to finish 1-0 for Montreal, because the play was way too open, we were talking on the press box how that game's not going to finish 1-0. Right after Montreal goal, everything's opened up, and it was open on both sides. Montreal did have some chances early on, but in the second half, uh, everything came back to haunt them, where the small chances they did have, the Jack Mack header, they had a couple of other chances, never were able to really put Kanupka in danger, which Juvenko, Bradley, and Altador did put Bush in danger. He did a couple of great saves, Five in the first half, no saves in the second half for Evan Bush because it was all goals. And it was not easy to, the the, the way the, the play was developing, the, the way the pressure came quickly for Toronto on, not the break, but on, on the run of play. But I'm, I'm not going to say the run of play 100%. And I'm not the pure run of play because they did try to catch Montreal on the counter a couple of times and were efficient on that even though sometimes they catch they caught Montreal on the counter without numbers going forward sometimes it was three Toronto against four Montreal players but it seems like the three Toronto players had an edge had an advantage even if they did not have the numbers advantage going forward it happened a couple of times especially in the second half especially later in that game where you saw players like Jovenko Altador. After Altador got subbed off, you saw other players contribute, but Jovenko and Michael Bradley, the combination between the two, and we're going to include Altador in there, but Jovenko, he just does whatever he wants, that atomic atomic hand on the pitch, he finds things to do, even if he doesn't have much space. He did have more space against Montreal this game than against a the game they played against New York City in the weekend. They lost 2-0 at home against New York, a Villa show uh, last Saturday. But going to this game on Wednesday, he did have a little bit more space on the pinch. And you don't need, he doesn't need a lot of space. Uh, for me, Jovinko is the Bruce Lee of the MLS. What? He has a one-inch kick. I said kick. He has a one-inch kick. He doesn't need to wind that kick and wait for long. He just kind of, boop, gone, done, it's shot. And that's really dangerous. Keeper in MLS are not used to that quick release with precision and the right weight on the ball. Those three aspects together, when Juvenko shoots, well, it becomes dangerous for the team. And we saw that with Montreal today. So, uh, a couple of game stats before we go to listen to Frank Lopez's comment, comments. The Montreal Impact did not get dominated that much on possession. They were able to have about 43, 43.8%, about, that's pretty much what it is, 43.8% total, uh, 46 and 49, but uh, never mind. 46 total, 49 in the first half, second half, 43 46% total of possession for the impact, which is better than we saw earlier this year. Still not great, but that disparity is not too much. It's about 4% dis- 
it's not it's closer to 50 50 it's close to the objective the thing is as you'll listen to evan bush later on it's not the lack of possession that really did hurt the impact. It's what they did when they had that possession. It's the duration of those possession. A one-touch possession does not really count as a, a, a meaningful possession because you don't do nothing with the ball. That's what Patrice Barnier said, and that's what Evan Bush said. When they have that ball, they do have to take that second, lift their head, look forward, and decide what they want to do with that ball. They cannot just wait for the magic play, the perfect play, or the cute play to do to try to score that goal. They can't. They can't do that. And yes, it's good. Another defender scored three games in a row that defender scored. Lefebvre, Sima, and now Oyongo. Trust me, it's not Oyongo's last at all. Nice volley. First of all, ball's coming up. He does a volley first touch to settle the ball. It still has a bounce. And then it's back in the air. And he volleys it hard on the pitch directly on the grass the grass was wet so with a great weight on that ball it was going to be hard to for Kanapka to stop that ball and we saw that ball go in and Montreal took the lead the thing is it's not the first time Montreal takes the lead this season it did happen many many times but they were never never able to either keep that lead intact or get that second goal before them so you have a 2 nothing lead over them of course it sounds easy to say that we need that second goal blah, blah, blah. the thing is the, there's a lack of confidence going forward with the impact is it a lack of confidence for the strikers themselves is it a lack of confidence from the coach to its strikers i don't know i cannot answer that question Uh, but i have maybe a path to an answer for that question we're going to listen to frank clopas right now his post-game comments and listen carefully the way he speaks about his striker I should say his strikers actually so listen carefully the way he speaks about his two strikers that played today Frank, yesterday we said that this game would be mostly played in the midfield, so it seems that that's where it all happened tonight. Were these guys just way too fast, or were you guys uh, just, I don't know, you couldn't gel and keep them at bay? No, I don't think they were way too fast. They were in the middle because they're very tucked in and they they played. I just think we were not uh, sharp with the ball at all. We talked about uh, playing quick uh, and switching uh, the point of attack and attacking more of the wide areas. And I think when we had it, we just turned it over too many times. And then we got too stretched. You know, I think that was the main thing. I think that our passing really was off. And then uh, we got really our lines were very stretched and it made it easy for them to play through us. Uh, how would you assess, uh, you know, uh, the offensive performance tonight? We saw good things uh, in the first half, but a little lack of creativity maybe in the second no, half. I think we got uh, in some good moments. I think we played some good balls in good spots and we didn't make the plays, you know. I think that's it. I think we, we had some, some, some guys in, in, in spots where uh, if you could say, let me get uh, this guy in one-on-one situations with good balls and, you know, one-one, we miss a good chance with, with Jack, maybe he dives and heads the ball in. And, you know, there were some good uh, actions like that. But I think, you know, overall, I think that we weren't good enough with the ball in moments where we turned over the ball and we forced it, but the ball wasn't secure. And then we, we lines were too stretched and, uh, and then they found uh, balls in between our pockets and they were able to turn and transition and, uh, and really hurt us. But uh, I think more than anything, we hurt ourselves more than anything with our mistakes we made. A moment of brilliance by Oyongo for his goal. How can you describe the way he fit in the team the last month and a half? It seems like the last couple of games he's a standout of the team. He covers box to box and always implicating the right play. How can you describe him to us? Yeah, I mean, he's the player that we, we had seen before, you know, when we got him. I think he's... He's a young player that has good qualities getting forward. 
and uh, it was a good run. I mean, and it all starts you winning. You switch in a point of attack. We get forward on that side, and that's what we we talked about, you know. And uh, yeah, it was a good finish. I think the field was wet, and anything that slow to the ground uh, hit with uh, velocity like that would have been difficult for the uh, for the keeper to to react to it, just like their goal with Altador, you know. So it was a good play, you know, and uh, it was great to get you know the early lead. And then, uh, you know, I think we give it right back. We turn the ball over, we force the ball, and and then we lose it. And then in transition, we get beaten uh, through the midfield, and, uh, you know, they, 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 they tie the uh, the game up. But still, at halftime, you go 1-1. Frank, uh, offensively, another another goal by a defender, which is yeah. great. But at the same time, there's a lack of uh, uh, offensive apart from, from, the def- from the offense. Do you feel that the solution is within the team, or maybe we can think about the transfer? No, I think. Look, I mean, as a coach, you always say, "Can you bring me another player, the, the quality player, for sure?" But I think we we created good, some good opportunities. You know, I think the final execution wasn't there today. But I I thought that Jack had in good spots. You know, Tissot played him a great ball there. I mean, he played a couple good balls to to Nacho. And then look, the the way the the, the game turned. You know, we. Uh, You know, the other four was a duo that we put in there. It's not like we had other options, you know, to put someone else there. So we pushed the game and we, we you know, we knew that it was going to be more difficult uh, with the three men in the midfield. And, uh, you know, we, you know, and then you give up the, the, the next goal. So, you know, you take your risk late in the game. But I think we, we created some, some opportunities. Maybe the final play pass wasn't there or the, when, we, when we got chances, we didn't execute as well. Uh, so I would say, look, we have quality players and I think it's solvable here but if you're asking me would I want another quality player of course who, who wouldn't you know you can ask any coach a difference maker for sure when you see that trio they have uh, it, it makes you dream no? no I mean it's good you know I mean obviously today it made a difference for them but uh, I mean there are many nights when Nacho has pulled the team out and other guys uh, for us you know so you know I'm happy with the players I have can we add another one yeah my dream list I can give my dream list but you never know if it happens It's not like we had other options. It's the way he said it. Well, maybe it's his choice of words. But there was some desperation in that voice, in that comment. When he said, it's not like we had anybody else to put in there. What does it mean? Trying to decipher the mood, the comments, the way the comments were made, and the meaning of those comments for Frank Klopas tonight... It's a little harder than usually. I'm going to explain myself. It's been a couple of times I've interviewed Frank Klopas now. Maybe about between 5 to 10. I cannot say uh, 100%. It's been many times. And tonight, for for the first time, I could not see that energy, that passion, that spark, that little something that we saw. I wouldn't say really or against Orlando, but uh, we saw against uh, the vag- after the victory against Vancouver, after some loss that were harder than some others, we saw that fire, that angry, uh, some something. Tonight, I didn't. I didn't get that vibe. I didn't get that mood. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm seeing things and maybe I'm starting to become delusional, which is a possibility. It could always could always be the case. But when I do re-listen to those comments... Carefully, and I think back to the game, the way the game was played. Did he give up? Did, did he throw the red flag? I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not. Points per game, the impact are right in place. Even with that loss, it, it does hurt mentally because mentally you took a drop on the standings because of the fact that you have a lot of less game played than some of the teams. Maybe not Toronto, but some others. 
So it's still an advantage for Montreal going forward. It's not going to be easy to really calibrate where they are in the standings. They're not eighth right now. They should be a little higher. But with that victory, they would have been fourth. And we would not be talking about this today. Well, now, actually. Is Frank Lopez a coach? Will he still be the coach coming back from the road trip from Philly? Cannot answer that question either. I would like to say yes. And I would love to say no, no, no. He's going to get... But but I can't get a read on any of this situation, and it's too close to call. But if you talk to some people in the know, some people who do cover the team on a day, daily basis, they do seem to see something going on. Did something happen to Frankie? I don't know, but today I saw the thing that usually it's there. It wasn't there today. And I think if you re- take a second and you listen to his comments, you'll pinpoint what I'm saying. Now, it'll be interesting to follow to see if there's anything going on on this side. If Because uh, I'm not going to lie, uh, the one thing on the press box that we're really talking about during that game, around the 45th minute, we're all looking at each other and saying, Guys, Zamaduro needs to be on that pitch. Have you seen the gap between Warner and the back four? That's exactly the space that Arduro, with his speed, would have been able to sometime on a one-two on-off chance get that maybe open run and go for it. Well, they did not make that move until the exact 68th minute. Not too late when you're already seeing what's going on that you're getting beat up in the midfield. You need to put somebody else to open up and give the other midfield somebody more to get to cover. To watch. And somebody with probably the fastest guy in the league, if not in North America, Damaduro should have been there earlier too. So he has more than 22 minutes to justify his playing time. More than 22 minutes to create and to express himself on the pitch. Damaduro, yes, he could be good for a super sub. But the situation this game was demanding was demanding somebody quicker, faster, with a different type, maybe a more direct type of approach to the, the service, to the striker, so that he can get in that position to use his most important ability, his speed. And it was not used carefully. Uh, not, it was not used properly in this fashion again it's Diluduka for Tiso did, did that change at the 57th minute really change something yes Diluduka is coming back from a head injury concussion he's coming back from that he seems fine now he needs to be put back in the rotation but in the the way that game was being played the way the play was being dictated the, the introduction of Duca at the 57th minute instead of Tiso really changed something did the fact that Patrice Bernier go in but then took out Inuso Piatti which I have to say, I love Nacho, he's talented, he plays great, but I have to say, he seems like he's always looking for that maybe too cute of a pass or too cute of a shot, and he misses uh, the opportunity for a look or a chance on goal because he's trying to make it too nice. Yes, he does a cross, uh, the, 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 the hook a lot, and he uses it like brilliantly and gets open because of it. But he needs to do something with it when he is open. He needs to be more implicated in the play because tonight, Jovinko outshined Piatti. Like, Jovinko just took Piatti and put him in his pocket. Well, more Bradley and the defense in the midfield themselves counteracted everything that Montreal had in the midfield. That's why I think you had to do something. Either, you know what I would have done? I would have put Damadero instead of Romero on the right flank to try to create space there. Try to confused the midfield that was really clogged in the middle with uh, everybody looking at Piatti, but Bradley and all, the, especially Warner 
looking at Bianchi all the time, if Dom Maduro would have put on the right flank to, to open up a different avenue, a different way forward, a, a different lane, then it might have been a different story. But who knows? It's in the past. The past is the past. But it's just a, a couple of things that are starting to uh, to come out of those games. It's the change-up, the starting lineup. There's a couple of things that are always questionable. Not in the beginning of the games. It's always decent in Montreal for some reason, they're scoring first more than not. They're, it's after that it gets hard. It's in the second half. Is it a fitness question? Is it maybe a system problem? Talking to somebody, uh, somebody else tonight. Uh, the system of play that they do have going forward, does it implicate Jack McInerney enough or in the right way for his style of play so he can be successful altogether? And if Jack Mack's successful, usually the team will be successful. So... It's questions like this that needs to be asked. And it's questions like this that we need to think about and trying to find answers about it. Speaking about talking about that game, we'll start with Patrice Bernier. Uh, one or two questions in French, then he answers the same questions in English. And then we'll go to Evan Bush with great, great explanation on one of the things Montreal was not doing correctly against Toronto this Wednesday 4-1 Derby on Saint-Jean-Bet this day. 3-1 loss for the impact. Patrice Bernier and Evan Bush. Bradley le deuxième but, c'est ça. Il tourne, il un joueur comme Bradley, si tu lui donnes l'espace, il est capable de faire une passe millimétrée qui, qui va arriver. Ce sont des joueurs de haut calibre. Et euh, à un moment donné, on a donné à savoir si on, on était tous sur la même longueur d'onde pour savoir où le bloquer. On ne l'a pas fait. Puis on a payé le prix pour. Parce que ouais, ce genre de joueurs-là, ils ont une coche de plus, ce qui fait que ça donne trop d'espace. On paye le prix, puis on l'a fait. Deuxième but, euh, premier but aussi, Bradley est rentré. On a vu euh, leur qualité, on leur donnait un peu trop de temps sur le, le ballon. Trop de, trop de respect. Vous avez fait une première demi correcte. Où ça a dérapé, selon toi, en deuxième? Dans les espaces. Premier temps, on a donné un peu d'espace, mais on était quand même assez compact parce qu'une fois qu'on était proche de notre zone, on ne leur a pas vraiment donné trop trop. C'est quand, quand ils ont contre-attaqué sur des attaques de nous-mêmes. Les habitants, euh, on a été éparpillés, puis euh, on a juste couru après le ballon. Puis ils nous ont euh, tranquillement, euh, comme un taureau, euh, ils nous ont tranquillement juste rentré le couteau, puis euh, le match a fini trois. Leur jeu est tellement rapide que c'est difficile de jouer la contre-attaque contre cette équipe-là. Hein? Mais écoute, en premier temps, je pense qu'on a eu les occasions. On a été une, deux ou trois fois où, que, je pense, Jack touche le ballon, fait marquer, ça aurait pu être 2-1 ou 2-0 à ce moment-là. On, on, on a eu certaines occasions, mais euh, des fois aussi, il faut s'amuser calmer le jeu parce qu'on sait que les autres vont avoir le ballon, donc il ne faut pas trop souffrir. souffrir il faut juste être, euh, juste être mieux au prochain match. Tu as répondu en français, Patrice, mais juste expliquer en anglais la, la différence de jouer contre trois DP comme Bradley, Jovenko. Yeah, out the door. Uh, yeah, look, they're good players, and uh, you know, if you give them time on the ball, they'll make you pay for it. And uh, we, uh, we we paid for it today. Michael scored a goal and had an assist, and and uh, Jovinko, you know, it's uh, those types of caliber players. You have to be very aware where they are all the time. You can't control, uh, neutralize them all the game, but we gave them a little bit too much time on the ball, and uh, and we paid for it. 
quelques très belles occasions offensivement. En deuxième, là, ça a été transparent, un manque de, de, de cohésion, un manque aussi de créativité. Qu'est-ce que tu penses qui manque là, à l'offensive? On voit que les défenseurs prennent de la confiance, qui marquent des buts, mais offensivement, ça ne débloque pas, surtout pas à l'extérieur. Ah ouais, il faut te retrouver la confiance, être un peu plus patient. Des fois, on précipite des jeux et euh, tu es à 2-1, le match n'est pas fini. Donc, euh, il faut juste avoir un peu plus de patience. Puis, je pense qu'on a tendance à. Ben, écoute, on n'est jamais revenu de l'arrière jusqu'à date de comprendre un but. Puis, euh, c'est juste d'être patient puis de trouver la solution. Les autres, c'est ce qu'ils font. Ils attendent, ils créent des espaces. Et nous, on veut précipiter parce qu'on veut aller égaliser rapidement. Quand je sais dans cette ligue-là, les buts peuvent arriver à la 65 minutes, quand même pas arriver à la 92e minute. Donc, il euh, faut être plus patient pour choisir, faire le meilleur choix de jeu à, à, dans le dernier tiers. Evan, I guess that when you have players like Michael Bradley and Jovin Cole playing in their midfield, you just can't give them any space at all, basically. That's the story of the game. No, it's true. Um, you know, we got stretched too many times and They're, they're a very dangerous team, especially when they get chances to open you up in space. And uh, Jovinko and Bradley both did that. And obviously you have uh, some lethal strikers as well to, uh, to finish off the plays. In the first half, I had to, in the first 20-25 minutes, they had a few chances, but consistently shot off target or missed their the final pass. Mm -hmm. Did you think at that point that you guys were in trouble, that they were going to eventually connect? Or that you actually had a chance to pull ahead? No, like you said, I think that uh, you know they were on top of the game. Uh, we got the our goal out of kind of nothing, kind of against the run of play off of one of their set pieces, and uh, even at that, you know, we weren't creating chances. We just kind of got that goal out of nothing, and they just kept pressing and pressing, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we we couldn't calm the storm. Uh, if we would have gotten to halftime at 1-0, I think it would have been maybe a little bit different, but. Uh, they got that goal um, out of a good run, a good ball, and you know it came in the second half, and uh, they took advantage of the space again. On the ball today, it seems like the player were a little bit, uh, not freaked out, but a little bit uh, pressed for time. They didn't take that extra second that we saw last Saturday. On your vantage point, do you see something maybe that could be done to uh, calm the team down, to especially in the second half, to take that fraction of a second to uh, lift your head up and just look upfield? It's 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 difficult when you're in. You talk about the second half, so it's difficult, you know, when you get down a goal. You, you try to speed everything up. You try to, you know, speed up the game because you need to push it a little bit. I thought in the first half it was the same thing, though. I thought, um, you know, we gave away too many balls when when we'd recover a ball, we'd, we'd take it from them, and uh, our first pass out of pressure would get intercepted. I thought we needed to be a little bit better in securing the ball, and if we were able to do that and beat the first line, there was acres of space. Uh, You know, there was plenty of times where we could have gotten uh, 2v2s, 3v3s against them if we would have just gotten past that first line. But uh, that first line of pressure for them was good, and um, you know they dictated the tempo. As a keeper, you, you play against uh, Altidor, Bradley, and, and Jovinko uh, buzzing around. How do you, do you live those kind of games? How do I do what with those games? Uh, yeah, how, how do, you, do you go through those kind of games? What, what uh, goes through your head? It's you know it's kind of like playing in the uh, you know a team like Club America, where a guy like Jovinko is he's very crafty. A couple of times he tried to chip me. You have to be aware of that. Um, one time he, you know, it was in the first half he tried to beat me near post when it looked like he might try to curl a back post. So you just have to be ready for for them to try different things. And um, you know, uh, Altitori had a good finish. Jovinko didn't score in the run of play, but he got a penalty. Bradley, you know, um, got the got the uh, the first goal. So all three of them scored, but you know, I don't think we did did a good enough job on them. Did you see uh, the the play on uh, 
Jovinko's penalty, what happened, and, and also like that definition, you you guessed the right side. Of it was it like a perfect shot? No. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I think it probably was a penalty. You can't really argue that he went down. He had position. Uh, guys like that look for penalties, and you know, I'm not saying you can't call it, but you know, he he earned the penalty. Uh, I went the right way, but you know, he tucked it in right inside the the side netting. So maybe if it was a little bit higher, or um, you know, I, I tried to move that way before, but. You know, if you start moving before the kick, then, you know, maybe he puts it the other way or puts it down the middle. So it's a tricky thing like that, and, you know, it's just a good penalty at the end of the day. Thanks, Evan. So thanks to Frank Lopez, Patrice Bernier, and Evan Bush for talking to us tonight after the game. So what do we take out of this 3-1 loss? I don't know. There's something we could take? If there's one thing we could take, we'll listen to Evan Bush's advice for everybody. Be a little more patient on the ball. Take that one second that you do take do take at home, that you did in the last couple of victories at home, and try to do the same thing on the road. Try not to get too excited, too anxious to move the ball forward if you're trailing or get rid of it if you're winning. Try to take that little fraction, or maybe that's a whole second more, to stay on that ball. Look carefully and get that first pass in correctly and don't lose that possession after that first pass. That's one of the things that cost Montreal tonight, that corner. A lot of set pieces, uh, a lot more set pieces for Toronto than Montreal. Uh, total of the corners for Montreal was 1-7 and seven for uh, Toronto. It could have been a lot more dangerous, but unfortunately for the impact, it didn't come off of that. Yes, there was a penalty and all that, but it could have been more. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. Montreal did get the, its chances in that game to, to close up this post-game show. They did get their chances, but at the end of the day, they did not bury him. They did not adjust himself accordingly in that game. And that one thing they probably needed to do, they did not do it, which was be more confident on the ball. Maybe get the right player on the pitch that can have the right influence on that game at the right time to get that result. That was not the case tonight. What's next for the impact? Right next is a trip to Philadelphia to play the Union. And then uh, I think it's going to be time to reassess the situation. Let's look at the next game and see what goes on. There's another victory. Hey, it's like nothing happened. Another loss on the road. It might be a problem. People might be looking in the same direction that we did uh, criticize tonight. So it's going to be interesting to take a look at that. Until tomorrow for USR Radio. Five Rings Podcast. Two Solid Two's Soccer Podcast came out today. Special edition show with Dwayne De Rosario. So if you just listen to After Woodworks, your your enemy from forever and ever. Dwayne De Rosario is on Two Solid Two's Soccer Podcast today. Me and Dwayne had the chance to interview him today for about 10 minutes. Talk about Canada, the Gold Cup, his experience for the Gold Cup. He scored his first ever goal for Canada at the Gold Cup in 2002 in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. So, a very interesting conversation. So, if you're a fan of Canadian soccer as a whole, or the Canadian men's national team program, or even the women's national team program, especially with the World Cup right now, Canada 2015, listen to the Two Solid Two Soccer podcast that came out today. If you would like to support Off The Woodworks and everything that Off The Woodworks Studios does, well... Two easy way. Go to kevinlarame.com. Look on the right side of the screen. Click the support Kevin button and you will have all the information right there. Or go to patreon.com slash two solitudes five rings. Easiest way, kevinlarame.com. 
the right side of your screen, click that button, and help support the grassroots coverage of the beautiful game. And until next time, have a great soccer.